ICA Gear has outfitted over 10,000 bow hunters across the country, and we're continuing to raise the bar when it comes to bow hunting camo. New for the 23 season, we introduce our never-before-seen panel fabric system designed to be dead quiet along with our patent-pending bow hunting collar, Osseo Gear. Features and function built for bow hunters by bow hunters. Learn more at asiogear.com. All right, welcome to another edition of Bear Bow Hunters Podcast. Today we have with us Nick Smith with Healthy Forest and Healthy Community. And I've been really trying to get him on here for quite a while because um, I'm a product of both of those things, Healthy Forest, and then I grew up in rural Chiloquin, Oregon, which was a logging town. So I thought it would be nice to talk a little bit of forestry um, because I've seen some things in the fa- past few years. Uh, Nick, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the program. Oh, you bet. Thanks for coming on. So what is Healthy Forest and Healthy Community then? I know it's, it's, uh, you, you guys are at, uh, healthyforest.org and, uh, is that correct? That's right. We're a a nonprofit, nonpartisan grassroots coalition that advocates for active forest management on, on federal land. So, uh, we work uh, with a broad coalition um, of folks ranging from, um, you know, county commissioners, uh, certainly the forest products industry, but also, uh, you know, the, the, the hunting and, and, and sportsman community. Um, we work with, uh, you know, sheriffs and law enforcement, school board members, search and rescue folks, you know, all kinds of folks who, um, you know, care about our national forests or our federal forests. Um, have a stake in how these forests are managed and want better outcomes for for these public lands. Awesome. Yeah, and you know, um, I'm I'm the Oregon ambassador for, for TRCP, which is um, really big on trying to keep federal lands in federal hands. And that's and then of course I'm a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And so these groups have done a really good job at getting that out that, you know, we we can't let these forests go to private hands and and you guys agree with that right yeah yeah but you know absolutely and and, you know of course when you talk about public lands issues you know you you talk to a hundred people and you know you're going to get a hundred different and and uh you know there are folks that um you know want to see uh you know public lands privatized and you know there are folks that are you know fiercely um, uh, who, who feel strongly about, um, you know, keeping public lands in, in, in public hands. And, you know, I, I think whether anybody likes it or not, uh, you know, these lands are, are going to remain in public hands. They're going to remain under the ownership of the, the federal government. So, you know, where we come from is, you know, let's get to a place where federal land management works. It works again for our communities it works for, you know, on national forest lands that, you know, they're uh, they're being managed for that multiple use mandate. Let's restore confidence in federal lands management again, because the way things are going with, um, you know, certainly the socioeconomic problems that we've seen with, you know, say the decline in federal timber harvest with, you know, today the, you know, I'd say the environmental consequences of, of hands-off man- forest management, um, you know, there's a lot of distrust. And, uh, you know, I think the only way forward really is is to 
is to find solutions and you know restore confidence in, in federal land management. Yeah, let's give the managers some tools back, right? That that's absolutely correct. I mean, I, you know, I, I work with uh, Forest Service folks, you know, all over the Northwest, you know, on the ground, and there is absolutely no doubt that you know these folks who work on the ground see the conditions on these forests, see the risks uh, to these forests, and and really. Uh, you know, really want to do some positive things, uh, you know, once again to, um, uh, you know, restore that confidence in federal forest management, you know, reduce those risks and make sure that, you know, all Americans uh, are able to, you know, enjoy and benefit from from these these abundant lands. Right, right. Now, um, going back a little bit, I think a lot of uh, people that are listening to this podcast don't understand how the federal land system works. Um, I, I think, and I, honestly, I think that's probably one of the biggest problems that we had um, when we talk about funding for schools and sheriff's departments in rural communities. Mm-hmm. So um, can you touch on that a little bit? Kind of go back in time and talk about how the federal system was set up within state boundaries and then how that affects um, all the, especially rural communities. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the public lands that we see in the the country today, particularly in the West, you know, go go back, you know, hundreds of years now, uh, you know, both to the founding of, of the country, but also, you know, Western settlement. And, uh, you know, certainly in the 1800s, uh, you know, the federal government, you know, really wanted uh, people to move West and, and to settle and, you know, were, were willing to give um, you know, homesteads, you know, you know, essentially free lands to settle, but also access uh, to, you know, our Western lands, you know, railroads and, and whatnot. And so, you know, the, the, the land management or the ownership that we see today is really a, a, a product of, of Western set- settlement. And, um, you know, here in Oregon, uh, you know, we have a really interesting history with with federal land management in that, you know, in addition to those lands under the national forest system, uh, you know, we have lands that are forest lands that are managed by the Bureau of, of Land Management. Um, and uh, uh, as a result of a failed um, <clears throat> uh, land grant to a railroad company, um, uh, these lands are called the, the ONC lands. Uh, short for the Oregon and California Railroad lands. And uh, those are the only forest lands, the only federal forest lands in the country that are required by law to be managed uh, for timber production under a sustained yield basis, meaning, you know, no more is, uh, can be, you know, uh, no more can be cut than is grown naturally uh, for the benefit of, of local communities. And so, you know, we have national forests, we have the ONC lands, and of course, you know, we have, uh, you know, you know, national, uh, we have Crater Lake National Park, um, you know, certainly uh, lands within the national forest that have been set aside for wilderness. And so right. it's, uh, you know, a really interesting sort of, um, um, you know, mishmash of, of land ownerships, um, you know, often checkerboarded, as, as, as you know, as a, as a hunter, right. you know, right. between federal and, and, um, and private lands. And so, um, you know, it, it makes for incredibly complicated policy. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Now, um, one of the things that I, I would I would like to 
kind of ask about is, so how did this money come from the federal lands and get to the counties? So, um, yeah. you know, so back, you know, when I was growing up, our school had a lot more money than, say, Chilliquin High School does now. And there was a reason for that. And and uh, I think you might be able to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think one thing that, that people don't understand is that, uh, you know, the federal government is, is the largest landowner, uh, I think I believe in Oregon, uh, but is, is the largest landowner in a, in a lot of our counties. And, and what people don't often lose sight of is that the federal government cannot be taxed for the property that they own, unlike you and I, you know, businesses, uh, and, and, and whatnot. And so, uh, you know, particularly in Southwest Oregon, where you have counties with, you know, really, really high amounts of federal ownership, um, as much as, you know, three quarters of the land base is, is owned by the federal government, uh, a lot of these counties really struggle to uh, develop their, their economies, you know, you know, without, you know, really a, a, an industrial land base. And so for, you know, counties like, you know, Josephine County, Douglas County and others, um, you know, they're very interested, interested in federal forest management because it's really the, you know, the, the most available type of economic activity. So, you know, going back through the history of, of, of federal land management, you know, a, a partnership, uh, you know, was, was formed between the, the, the federal government and the counties that, you know, we're going to own these lands, but we have an obligation to um, you know, produce timber, among other things, and to share those benefits with the counties. Right. So, um, you know, it depends on, on who owns the land, you know, the, you know, on Forest Service land, for example, um, the Forest Service will share, you know, 25% of timber, timber receipts for counties. On ONC lands, it's, it's half. Right of, of receipts, and and that goes back to the unique nature of those lands. So that is why, um, you know, when we saw the, the dramatic decline in timber harvest, you know, the late '80s, you know, '90s, um, you know, you really, you know, you really saw the pressure uh, start to build on on counties and schools and, and roads and whatnot. And uh, uh, so, a lot of people were worried. Um, then, you know, the, the U.S. Congress said, well, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure out what to do with, with, you know, these federal lands in terms of, you know, timber harvest. But in the meantime, we'll give you, you know, this subsidy, you know, called Secure Rural Schools. And that was essentially to compensate, uh, you know, these communities for the loss of timber production. And, you know, I think as a temporary safety net, you know, that that's very important and, and beneficial. But, you know, we're now, I think, into our third decade of, of this uh, uncertainty and, um, you know, secure rural schools payments over time have, have declined. Um, they've become uncertain. Uh, I mean, they were just authorized uh, by, by Congress recently, which, you know, bailed out a lot of these counties on, on some really, really severe cuts they were looking at. But, you know, as, as I've said, you know, really over the last few years, I mean, these 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 subsidies or payments um, are great, but, you know, we need a long-term solution. We've been waiting three decades. Um, you know, everybody, I think, deserves, especially in, in rural forested communities, 
you know, need to know sort of what the long-term plan is. And so, um, you know, uh, public services, sheriffs, deputies, uh, public health, um, you know, certainly, uh, you, you know, schools and infrastructure um, are, are really heavily dependent on how lands are managed. And, and you know, uh, timber harvest is, is, you know, it's not the total solution, but it's, right. it's a big part of the solution. Right. Well, yeah, really. Um, and there's also other things that go along with that. So sitting here right now, um, opening day is tomorrow for bow season. And uh, I mean, there it's everybody, everybody is talking about it. And you know what? One of the biggest things that people are saying is, uh, I wonder if there's going to be smoke where I'm going. Yeah. And, and if you look up and down the, the western uh, United States right now, um, smoke's almost in every state. And so that goes right along with this. Um, we have, so I'm kind of moving us out of the, the money aspect of things and moving us into the stewardship of things. And we've lost some stewardship over some, you know, some things that were brought into this. So, um, and I know you guys are on the forefront of this. I know you guys have been watching this. So I was, that's one of the reasons I brought you on here is to let you speak into that a little bit from a forestry management aspect. Well, uh, you know, this, I think as a lot of people, particularly, particularly in the Northwest know that, you know, federal forest management dramatically changed, you know, with the, um, you know, listing of, of the Northern spotted owl. Right. And, uh, you know, that one issue alone, you know, really had a domino effect in that it basically, um, took the federal government on a path of setting aside millions and millions of acres of federal, of federal land, essentially for one species. And, um, you know, over time, you know, going back to the seventies, you had the passage of, you know, I would say well-intentioned, uh, environmental laws, you know, such right. as the, the you know, national environmental policy act, uh, the endangered species act, which, um, you know, I, I think every, I think everybody would agree that they're great in theory. Um, people deserve to have uh, a role in, in land management as, as NEPA, you know, intends to provide. And, and uh, you know, certainly with an endangered species, everybody has an interest in, in um, you know, giving these species every opportunity to survive. The problem is that, you know, you have, uh, you know, certain groups um, that, you know, we're really able to leverage um, these laws, um, you know, basically to, to uh, you know, have an agenda, you know, not to do right. any management on these lands. Essentially a, you know, a, a, a hands-off approach to forest management. And so, uh, you know, going forward, you know, we haven't had, you know, really, you know, much uh, management on these lands. Uh, you know, meanwhile, we have, you know, 100 years of, of wildfire suppression um, where, uh, you know, fire uh, is excluded from the landscape. It's, it's, it's um, you know, not able to, to perform its role. Um, so what we have today is we have this incredible fuel buildup. And, uh, you know, it has, it has turned a lot of our forests into, you know, basically tinderboxes. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, that is what, you know, is, is you know, I believe and, and I think the data shows is that, you know, this is what is fueling a lot of these larger and, and severe fires. I mean, just, you know, just to give you a, a sense, um, you know, the federal government owns, you know, 61% of Oregon's forests, you know. And, um, you know, a lot of these forests, you know, you know, due to that, you know, fuel buildup, have, you know, become classified as, you know, very, very uh, vulnerable to, to catastrophic wildfire. Recently, the, the Forest Service determined that Oregon alone has 571 uh, dead standing trees uh, on the landscape uh, right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of those are, I think a large majority are, are on federal forests. And um, so, you know, we're, we're seeing, uh, you know, with the fuel buildup, you know, more catastrophic wildfire, but we're also seeing more, more mortality, um, you know, more instances of, you know, insect infestations and, and what. And so all of this stuff is coming together really to, to you know, to, to bring the fires that we see today and, with, and the smoke that we're breathing right now. Right, right. And any hunter that goes into the woods, um, you know, I hunt edges of wilderness areas. I hunt a lot of forest service ground, but we all see this fuel buildup. I, um, I post on my Instagram, I have a picture of what I called the Bigfoot nest and, and there's so much blowdown compared to what I was used to traditionally as a kid, you know, there, and then as well as not just an overload of trees within, you know, an acre, there's also, we're finding, um, less and less habitat you know elk will just kind of go past that stuff they'll use it for bedding but they're losing a lot of their their grass and things like that to over forest too many trees basically um especially around the areas that we go and and i think any hunter that especially the bow hunters that are doing the backcountry stuff they see this they see it real you know it's it's real prevalent yeah so, and I think, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I think a big issue really is the sort of the lack of, of you know, young, you know, seral uh, hab, you know, habitat and, and, you know, really the, 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 the diversity in, in yeah. habitat that, you know, a lot of wildlife need and, and, you know, some, you know, particularly more than others and, and thrive. And so, you know, a lot of the effort, you know, in, in looking at it and promoting active forest management is how could we use you know, the range of forest management tools, whether it's, you know, logging, uh, thinning or prescribed burning uh, to have that kind of diversity so that those, you know, young forest, you know, dependent species have the, uh, you know, have, have what they need. Right, right. And as we look forward, you know, from a management aspect, when you start talking in these ways, now we're going from spending money and, and actually creating money in some ways from the national forest, giving managers back the tools to be able to manage the forest in the way that they know is proper. And then, so you're, you're taking that amount of money that you're, you're creating and you're not spending money on the other end of things. So I, I what was it? I was, I saw the amount of money that got, that has gone out so far in fires this year, just in Oregon. It, I think it was up in the hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions of, of dollars. Yeah. Uh, you know, over 600,000 acres have burned in Oregon so far. I mean, we still have what, you know, five or six weeks of left of, of, you know, fire type weather. And so, 
you know, I, I think we could be on track to, to surpass last year's. Um, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a tr- tremendous loss of, 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 you know, not only resource, but, uh, you know, economic activity. Um, and, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, one way to put it is, is use it or lose it. But, right. you know, another way to put it is, is, you know, why aren't we using, you know, these, at, these forest management tools to ensure that we're, you know, not that we're protecting, but we're also getting all of the values that we expect from these public lands. Right, right. And so I think that that comes back around. So when you start looking at it, we can make money and manage the forest better and make a better place for everybody, um, the, the habitat and the wildlife, come through that um, and then not spend as much money having to fight the forest fires, which really um, the forest fires that are going on now aren't the type of fires that we're talking about by prescribed burns. These right. are these forest fires actually sterilize things. And then we can move into not spending the money there and actually have a revenue base that is going back into communities. And then also now this keeps that idea of the states and the and the counties from going we need that land so we could sell it off to get our tax base back so this is actually the solution as far as i'm concerned you know um i've been around oregon a long time and I, i've watched this stuff happen and i'm a product product of it um that would that's about the only solution that i see for us to be able to get back to this um way of keeping federal lands in federal hands and, and or keeping the tax off of it because we do need the tax base i mean um chiloquins all the little towns are around are really hurting over this and and so that tax break will base will bring that back and then um we need the, fo- the federal lands i mean i am a user of federal lands i am probably on federal lands at least three or four times a week S- so it, that's that's the solution that I see, and I think that's um, kind of what you guys have seen as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think federal, uh, you know, forest management is is the solution yep. for for our federal forest lands. Um, but I, you know, I think we really need to to think hard about sort of the the arbitrary policies and designations that you know we tend to apply to these lands where. You know, we you know look at a at a at a piece of federal land and say, okay, we're gonna look at a map and we're gonna carve out this space for, you know, the spotted owl. We're going to carve out this space for wilderness. Uh, we're gonna carve out this space, you know, for this area. So we're not going to have management here, here, and here. And you know, as as you know, they continue to do that. Uh, you know, the the amount of land that you can actually manage. Uh, continues to, to shrink. And, um, you know, I don't think that served anybody well. I don't think it's, it's served endangered species well, certainly hasn't served our, our communities well. And so, you know, maybe someday we could get to a place. I mean, I'm, you know, before I say anything, I've said, I'm not saying we should redesignate wilderness lands, but, right. uh, you know, we need to get to a place where we where we look at, you know, these, you know, these land designations and, and say, you know, is, is this working and are there areas where we can use active forest management tools to, 
you know, you know, promote or restore the, the health of these forests to make them more resilient so that, you know, when a fire comes in, um, you know, fire can, can play that natural role. You know, we're not losing entire stands and sterilizing soils to catastrophic wildfire. Right. Um, you know, if, if we're able to sort of rethink these designations, uh, you know, it is possible, you know, if you're managing lands on a landscape level, you know, you don't have to do the things that, that scare people necessarily, like right. things like clear cuts. I mean, right. people hate clear cuts. Like, there, there's no getting around that. But but on, on many landscapes, uh, particularly drier ones that you have in, in southwest Oregon, you know, you can do that, that kind of uh, active forest management that, you know, protects the, the, you know, the landscape and all those values, but also helps meet needs in, in communities through, you know, wood fiber and, and revenue. Right, right. And that's, that's kind of, that's really the reason I got you on here is I think we lost, um, you know, I think we lost, uh, I think people just did not understand what was going on with the spotted owl back in the day. I, I really think that that was the problem. And so by getting you on here and letting people know how this system all works and then knowing that um, it, I want to inform people because I think most people, if they think this through, if they think about the way that we're not managing things and by not managing, you're actually saying that you're, you're it, it, that's a management practice in itself. It's just the wrong one. Um, because you know humans are saying hey we're not going to manage that so it is a management practice in itself which is it's just a wrong one they're they're not saying leaving it all to nature that way they're just um not managing it so being able to get that voice out to where basically all the all and and hunters are along this line as well um what we're saying is is there is a good way to manage there hands off is not the proper approach that's the bad management and we see a product of that with the smoke all around us and the fact of the matter is is there um and i think people just don't realize this you know i i think people haven't thought about it a lot and i definitely know states on the other side of the rockies don't understand it like we do yeah well i you know i i would agree with everything you just said i mean i i you know i think for a lot of people it's it's not necessarily a, a top of mind issue, but you know, and, and I've seen you know public opinion research and whatnot, and I, you know, I think people understand, you know, certainly you know the, the, the every you know, day uses of wood <coughs> and the need for wood products, and and you know people understand that you know for forest management, you know, you got to cut a tree, you know, right, in in, in certain you know certain circumstances, and and so I think people people get that you know i think what you know what was really a, a you know big issue uh, in federal land management is that you have a small minority of folks who are able to leverage i dare say exploit you know sort of well-intentioned laws to basically obstruct any opportunity to manage lands and and you know you know things like nepa where you know if if it if an I isn't dotted or a T isn't crossed in their paperwork, you know, they get sued in a, in a forest project, um, you know, a forest project is stopped. Um, you know, in, in um, uh, Josephine County, 
uh, this this summer we have seen uh, with the Taylor Creek fire, uh, you know, within that burn area, there was a, a, a timber sale on, on ONC lands that uh, if implemented, you know, had some, some ecological benefit to it in that it promoted uh, things like, uh, you know, uh, fish passage and, and um, you know, species diversity on the landscape, but also included some commercial timber uh, to generate revenue for, for county governments. Um, you know, that timber sale was put up for bid. Um, a you know, timber company, you know, bought it. Uh, but then, um, you know, some, you know, no cut folks essentially, you know, filed protest after protest even though the science was well established for the project, um, you know, basically took the BLM to, uh, took them over a year, you know, just to, to deal with the protest and, you know, the timber sale burned up. Right. Uh, or a team, single T. So I just, I mentioned that just as an example, yeah. because it's just, it's one example. It happens a lot. Right. Um, so I just think there's, there's a better way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th I think by communicating this, uh, to people that probably have not been around it as close as you have, um, I, I think I think that's actually the way that we we do get management back into the forest is because I think most people really want their forest managed. Um, it's just people don't understand what's going on out there. How how one little group could stop everything and stop science and stop something that was actually going to help everybody. Um, and, and help all, all the stuff that they're actually saying that they're trying to stop. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's one of these things where we as um, people that want to see, because, you know, I grew up around logging communities. I grew up around active managers. I grew up around all of that. I was, I was around loggers when I was younger, and then I worked for the Forest Service for a couple years. And so I got to see the, all of it, and I, I trust um, – these guys want to do the best for the forest. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and the, the, those who work on the ground who are on these forests every day, they know the landscapes, you know, and they yeah. understand that, that, you know, arbitrary one size fits all, you know, policies just right. are, are, um, you know, not, not helpful. And then you have, you know, that small minority of groups who, who don't want a single tree cut, um, you know, the, the, their hands are tied in terms of what they, they, they can do. I mean, they, instead of, you know, managing the, their forest, they're, um, they're doing paperwork and they're responding to protests. And yeah. I just don't think that's, uh, you know, the right, I don't think that's what most Americans really expect from, from federal land management. So a lot of the reforms that, that, you know, we're promoting in Washington, DC and Congress is, you know, let's give, those people on the ground, you know, uh, you know, the district rangers, the silver culture, silver culturalists, you know, the flexibility um, to, you know, go in and, and do the types of things that are appropriate to the landscape, you know, not necessarily to to harvest timber, you know, timber is is, you know, I think a pillar of, of you know, you know, what our national forests are for, but it's, a, you know, essentially a byproduct of the things that need to be done on uh, on these federal lands. So if we're managing more lands, and yes, if we're harvesting more timber, you know, not only are we, you know, I think fulfilling those those conservation goals, we're also generating revenue not just for the counties and the communities for those public services, 
we're also generating uh, money that is put right back into the landscape for things like access, forest roads, the types of things that people expect from their public lands. Right on. Yeah. And so moving into that, I think we've covered it pretty well. But what I want to do now is the people listening to this podcast, what can they do? How can they help get this moving forward? You know, there, there's a lot of things that they can do. And certainly one thing is they could go to you know, healthyforest.org, uh, sign up for an occasional email update. We're uh, also on Facebook. I think we've got 170,000 folks on Facebook, and that's a popular way to, to get informed. But, it, you know, it's not just my group. Uh, I would, you know, urge folks to, to, I think, pay attention to what's happening uh, in their nearby public lands where, you know, whether it's Forest Service or, or BLM, you know, uh, where cases where, you know, these land managers are trying to do, you know, make things happen and do things. And, and uh, you know, when there's a forest project, you know, coming up, you know, whether in the scoping process or, or uh, you know, later in the process that they're getting engaged, that, you know, when, um, you know, these land managers have, you know, these projects out for public review, that they're participating, they're providing substantive comments and, and uh, you know, based on their own knowledge of the landscape that can help in the, in the develop of this, development of this project. Uh, and so the, our land managers are hearing that there's support in these communities for, for active forest management. And finally, you know, any opportunity that people can take to educate elected officials and to tell particularly our members in Congress that these are an important issues and we need to break through this logjam, I think, is, is very impactful. Right. And, and you guys over at HealthyForest.org, um, that's, that's one of the websites that I follow a lot because you guys – spend a lot of time at putting the those things out individually so like right now if i just pull up your website um your newsletter talks about southern oregon suffering from worst air quality in the nation and you found that through other media sources this isn't like you're you writing this this is what you found other places and you put it up there yeah i mean what what we try to do is we try to to educate folks you know certainly you know give them the the information that you know maybe not necessarily be from us but you know could be from uh, you know scientists researchers you know federal land managers and and what and you know to give folks a you know not only a sort of a big picture in terms of what's happening you know nationally and regionally but um, you know, especially folks who you know, sign up, you know, if, if uh, you know, if you give us where you live, you know, we'll, we'll send you an email from time to time about something that's happening on your local national forest. Yeah. And I think we as hunters guys, um, those of you guys listening to this, there was a day when we, you know, we just went out and hunted. Um, those days are over. We have to be actively involved in this stuff nowadays. Um, I, I jumped in, I'm with several different organizations, several different groups, and it's because there's a heritage at stake here and it does lie within our public lands as well. And one of the things that I'd like to say about Nick is you guys put together form letters as well. Um, I use those all the time because I don't have the time to write the good stuff. I read them all the time before I put my name to anything, I'll read it, but, um, it that makes it so much easier for us and i think if hunters would start reading this stuff and and looking it over um i think they would agree with most everything you guys are doing 
Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I recognize that, you know, people live uh, busy lives and, and um, you know, have, you know, have to work for a living, have families to, to care for. And, and uh, with, you know, a lot of things going on in this country, in this world, you know, it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to stay focused on, on what's important and, yeah. and the things that, that need to be done around you. And yeah. so, you know, the service that we try to provide is, you know, just to, to, to reach out to folks and, and, you know, give them some information and give them the choice uh, you know, to take action and, and to make it as easy as possible. So. Right. And I'm, I'm jumping around on your, um, on your website here a little bit. And I was going to ask you, is there a place if, if I was to help you guys out to help you bring that, that I could send some money or something like that. You don't ever ask for money on here, but at the same time, um, I'm yeah. sure there's somewhere we could help you out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're a small nonprofit. We're a pretty modest nonprofit. Um, right. Uh, we we don't have the resources and and um, you know the the manpower, if you will, to compete with these mega uh, you know groups out there. But yeah. um, uh, uh, you know, folks who uh, are interested in in supporting our our program, which is supported by by uh, you know folks who who you know feel strongly about these issues and want change. Uh, can can contact me uh, through healthyforest.org. Right on. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, I think I, you know, I think you've brought a lot of things to the forefront that maybe we kind of see in the background, but we really don't think about. And now maybe uh, as we're out, opening day is tomorrow in Oregon. As we're out walking around and looking at the forest and looking at habitat and looking at um, the lack of any kind of management. It's not our manager's faults. That's the one thing. And I hear that a lot that, it, oh, the Forest Service isn't doing this. Well, it's because their hands are tied. And so what you guys are doing, I think, is just amazing to bring that out. So you guys, as we're doing this, um, understand that, you know, this habitat and stuff that you're using is all affected by all of this. So thank, thanks a ton, Nick. I'm, I really appreciate your time. And uh Hope to have you back on here, you know, especially after we start seeing some more management go on, huh? Yeah, well, I, I appreciate being on. I really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, good luck tomorrow. All right. Yeah, personally, I'm not going to be able to get out tomorrow, but uh, my my son is. <laughs> He's headed right out there in the in the forest, so it's going to be good. <laughs>